Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and as ever, our resident TV critics are here, Benjamin Jackson and Stephen Ross. It's week two of 2024, and we are ready for another great year of TV. Remember, if you want to see our faces, you can head over to Freeview Channel 276, Shots, which is brought to you by a network of journalists across the country who are transforming stories at the heart of your community into great TV. You'll find true crime stories, football news and analysis, plus coverage of lifestyle, TV, film and much more. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive. This week, Stephen is going to talk to us about The Artful Dodger, which he has been watching intently for the last few days and he'll bring us a very thorough review, I'm sure. And finally, we go back to the future. Normally, uh, this week what we're doing is Benji's going to talk to us about the Golden Globes, which is kind of back to the future in a way because it's, well, it's only know, a couple of days ago. So big this year, you know, literally figuratively <laughs> speaking, yeah. I am going back to the, well, yeah, it works, people. It works. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah works, it works. It works. It's going to work. We've I promise it's going to work. It will. I assure uh, you. But first, as always, we like to talk about what everyone has been watching recently. And it's been a bumper season for it this week. <laughs> Stephen, you're up first. What have you been watching? So I saw a couple of movies, um, but one of them was, uh, it's not out yet. I got the screener for it. It is The Beekeeper. Okay. It comes out on the 12th in cinemas, Friday the 12th. Mm. So tomorrow, as mm. this comes out, it's the new Jason Statham action flick. And it's... Whoa. I would I mean, not have guessed that from the title. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's basically that genre of Jason Statham action movies. It's like all of his others, but it's, it's pretty good. I think there's something that elevates it slightly above the cookie cutter. Yeah. It's not quite John Wick, but it's, it's sort of getting He's there. He's likeable. Um, That's the thing, Jason Statham, isn't he? He's kind yeah. of likeable, so that helps, yeah. So he, he starts off as this reclusive guy. He's called Adam Clay, and he's working a as a... A beekeeper. He is working as a beekeeper, <laughs> which is a bit heavy on the metaphor because we we later on find out that he was a beekeeper which is this shadowy clandestine parallel military group kind of to the official channels okay that is a secret extra check and balance on the excesses of power in the us okay so the idea is that these beekeepers will step up if someone steps out line the official sort of government channels stop working okay um, they preserve the interest of the hive. Okay, um, okay. when Adam Clay's only sort of friend is defrauded of her life savings by this tech bro company mm. and she kills herself as a result, it sets him off. He sort of brings him out of retirement and he goes on a John Wick style yeah. uh, quest for revenge and we realise soon that it's not just this tech bro company but it actually it goes all the way up to the top of the US government and mm. he, he comes up against a whole host of uh, well-trained, well-trained uh, soldiers. Um, okay. And yeah, so, it's pretty good. It's fun. Yeah. It's got a decent cast. So you've got um, Josh Hutchison from the Hunger Games. He's in it as like King Tech Bro. Yeah. Um, and Jeremy Irons in as well. Jeremy um, Irons. As, Jeremy yeah, Irons. My favorite. The, all men. <laughs> yeah, he's he work. He's the former director of the CIA, I believe, in okay. this movie, but. He's put a pretty committed part for, you know, his um, advancing years. I, I shouldn't have called him an old man. 
Yeah, like okay. this, he, he he sort of does bring a bit. He to always it. Um, always a good bad guy, wasn't he, Jeremy Irons? I mean, he's a great actor yeah, in general. But and a good in, bad guy. in this, he's a bit more nuanced because he he is a good guy, but he's not necessarily working in the hive's best interest in this film because mm. he's trying to protect his family, but then maybe he's coming into conflict with the interests of of the majority. And it's uh, yeah, it's 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 really fun. It's not very deep. It's the metaphor is very on the nose. Like they didn't have to make him be an actual beekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But I think they wanted that for the posters. Um, mm. And one thing I did notice, maybe this is just me getting a bit more pretentious, but it's got a pretty good like colour palette throughout. Like yeah. they, there's a lot of yellow because of the the sort of beekeeper vibes, mm. um, and it, it looks quite nice. Um, yeah, interesting. But yeah, very very good. Well, not very very good, but a pretty good action flick. You know, oh. more than than you would expect from that sort of a movie, I That's think. That's good. That's good. Um, so it's in cinemas this weekend, and is it one of these double release things, or is it So just... it's it's a Sky original, so it will oh. come to Sky Cinema at some point in 2024, but that's not been um, Confirmed yet. announced yet. So oh, okay. Some point after it's out in cinemas. Yeah, we'll give it a shout on what to watch, obviously, at some point. Okay, Benji, what about you? Well, What's been on? I've been delving into Yorgos Lanthimos's uh, past work because I managed to catch an advanced screening of Poor Things before it gets released also. Yeah. In Which will feature in your chat in a little while about the Golden Globes, obviously. But yeah. It's probably, unfortunately, the preface going on the road to the Oscars and being on this podcast. Probably a lot mm. of talking about Poor Things is going to happen because... Um, I'm a big fan of Yorgos Lanthimos. I loved uh, what he did with The Favourite, which you can catch on Disney+. Plus. Very surprised also oh, that yes. one of his first movies, Dogtooth, which is incredibly yeah. transgressive, you can actually stream on ITVX. I never thought ITVX what? would be home of art house cinema, but here we are. But Takes note. There Takes you go, yeah, put that down yeah. now. Uh, ITVX, home of uh, art house cinema and Gattaca. Uh, I only bring up Gattaca because the cinematography oh for my poor God, things. Oh, well, yeah. well, that'll be a chat for another podcast, definitely. But yeah, um, the cinematography for poor things is absolutely stunning, and it definitely mm. serves itself well to watch in the cinema. I follow in uh, Lantamosa's works previously. He's always been a bit more mm. art housey, a bit more surreal. And it, it, mm. you still get that with poor things, but you get it with such a bigger budget. I, I compared the visuals of Lisbon, for example, to uh, kind of a bit like Gattaca, that retro-futuristic kind of feel, but more so kind of Baron Munchausen, if anyone remembers that, <laughs> the whole kind of yeah. Mediterranean vibe with kind of like flying vehicles and stuff like that. Um, Emma mm-hmm. Stone's going to win the Oscar with with no tell dis- us a little bit about it so it's it well, it's, based on a, a- it's based on alistair gray the late alistair gray's novel uh and it is yeah. about a character called bella who is mm-hmm. brought back from the dead and so you yeah. end up with this childlike creature that is basically kind of learning how to live in the society that they're based in she then gets kidnapped or kind of coerced into leaving with another character played by Mark Ruffalo. She then begins to explore her sexuality. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of sexy scenes involved in the film. Uh, but until mm. she kind of ends up growing and becoming sentient and maturing throughout the film, 
which is really nicely captured by the fact that when they are at her original residence with Willem Dafoe, who plays Godwin, who created her, um, it's all in black and white. But the more and more that she starts to mature and become more adult, the film then becomes more and more colour. Not the kind of thing you want to take your mum and dad to see, uh, unless they're used Uh to watching sex scenes and did Saltburn with you over Christmas. But fantastic (laughs) performances from Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, uh, Rami Youssef as well. A bit of humour in it, or is it all? Is it very serious? I laughed more at it than I did Saltburn. And oh wow, okay. And even the sex scenes are shot in with like fish camera lenses, so even the sex scenes had a bit of humor to them as well. Bit wacky. But, yeah, yeah, bit wacky, but it's, it is, for me, his, at the moment, modus operandi because of the huge mm. budget he's gotten with it. And, I, I, you know, it's going to be a tough one this awards season, uh, which we'll talk about yeah. with what more things are already being given. But, yeah, mm. it's, it's going to do really well, and it's well worth your time. And if you're not familiar with Yorgos Lanthimos's work, thankfully, Disney+, Plus, ITVX, even the BBC, they are now all, because we're in awards season, starting to stream his yeah. stuff. So Poor Things is out in the cinema tomorrow, January 12th, and you can pick mm-hmm. up on all of his other works, Disney+, Plus and ITVX, but... It's not the kind of thing you want to watch with your family. I've just realised I've never seen, I've not seen any of his films. They're all on my list. Not even The Lobster or The Favourite. The the Lobster I've been wanting to watch for ages. And The Favourite, I, I was going to watch when it was in cinemas and missed it. And then it was on Disney Plus and I thought, well, I'll watch it now. It's on Disney Plus. And I've not got around to any of them. So I'm definitely going to see Paul Things. Well, there you go. You've got a couple of weeks now before the Oscars. you got to get, get... I'm definitely going to see Paul Things in cinemas. And yeah. I'm going to try and catch up on his uh, filmography as well. But I think, to be fair, maybe the favourite, like, he's not ever become fully mainstream, has he? Like, you know what I mean? He's This is probably going to be his yeah, biggest film, isn't it's it? It's kind yeah. of like how Ari Aster is, is well known now in horror circles for his works with A24. But... They never quite encroach into mainstream territory. There's still an art house kind of sensitivity mm. involved mm-hmm. in the work. So I don't think we're ever going to get a just straight mainstream Hollywood blockbuster from Yorgos Lanthimos, no. nor would we yeah, want so, anything which like is good. that either. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of things you shouldn't watch with your parents and nice cinematography, I did watch Saltburn over the weekend. Yeah, Personally, I just think it's a bit overrated, Um, a little bit like I feel like the sex scenes are what everybody's talking about or the sort of we call nudie scenes. I enjoyed some of the performances. I thought Rosamund Pike was great. You know, I enjoyed some of the characters in it, but I thought it was quite superficial a lot of it i don't know i didn't really i've had a couple of people message me saying that they felt cold and empty after the end of it but i wonder if that is basically the the point of the ending is that cold and empty feeling like we as the viewer have been taken for a ride by this guy as well i might be looking too much into it and being a theater geek about it but you're right it the main thing from that film is just the shocking scenes 
which makes you yeah. think where they put there just to elicit some kind of social media TikTok reaction, which it has. Yeah. And I mean, it's beautiful, the thing, you yeah. know, and we live in an age of the visual is so important, you know, and, and it is the setting is beautiful and the the cinematography is great. Like some of the shots are amazing, like the little underwater things and the nighttime shots in the courtyard and things just beautifully atmospheric and everything. But I just think like if you walk away from it and the things that stick with you most are the kind of weird sex scenes or strange sex things that went on in it, then it doesn't say much about the film. I don't know, you know. So anyway, that was that. And um, I have been watching loads of new stuff this week and I don't have very much time to talk about it, but... I am watching The Traitors. I did not watch the last series. I am enjoying it, much to my horror. It's one of those things that I watch and I feel dirty when I'm watching it, but I can't stop watching it. So I will fill you in on that more next week. Mr. Bates versus the Post Office, oh, which has been all over the news this week, which you probably don't, probably don't need to hear any more no. from me. <laughs> but there's a lot going on because obviously it's a big, huge, serious terrible story but in terms of the actual drama I think it's very good and I think that you know I'm not finished it yet but I think that um, there's some good performances in there and they've managed to tell a huge story in quite a small space of time so that's good I'll give you a more fulsome review next week potentially and I started Fool Me Once which seems to be popular in some circles but I've only done a couple of episodes and there's eight episodes which has me thinking this is not going to be worth it but watch this space so that's what we've all been watching this week Stephen you're going to talk to us about the Artful Dodger. Tell us about this. I know very little about this, actually, but you've been watching it. So it is a sort of sequel to Oliver Twist. Oh. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's not really based on any specific writings. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's like references in there. You get a few sort of, oh, Dodge, it was the best of times. It was the worst <laughs> of times, that kind of stuff. And yeah. I'm sure, I mean, I've not really read much Dickens. Um, I'm not that cultured, but I reckon there's probably a few more lines in there. There was a few lines You'd where love I Googled it. You'd it. love Dickens, totally. I know, I know. It's sort of, yeah. I've read A Christmas Carol because that's quite short. That's Bleak House it. is my favourite. Try that one. Take your mm. while, mine. It's a big book. <laughs> yeah, go on. But, um yeah, I think there's probably quite a bit of uh, references in there. I, I googled a few of the characters' names, um, and they seem to pop up through through his books. But yeah, it's set in the 1850s Australia. Dodger post. Um, I was going to say a lot of the rings. Post <laughs> Oliver Twist has been um, collared for his crimes. Sent to Australia. Rot, left to rot by Fagan in prison, and then worked off to Australia where he's managed to actually make a life for himself as a doctor. Um, as a doctor? Yeah, at some point he joined the Navy and then he became a Sawbones. Plot twist I did not see coming. Yeah, okay. Whilst he's in Australia, this uh, prisoner comes up to him and turns out it's Fagan. And instead of chucking him in prison, Dodger decides to take him on as his personal servant. And Fagan tries to bring Dodger back into a life of crime. But... Dodger, who's now Jack Hawkins, not a respected, but more respected than he was as a common thief, mm. is working as one of the two or three doctors in the penal colony where he meets Lady Bell, the uh, beautiful daughter of the governor of the colony, mm. and sort of begins to fall in love with her. 
and Lady Bell harbours hopes of becoming a doctor herself, but obviously faces massive discrimination, gender barriers uh, as a woman in the 1800s. She sort of secretly works with uh, Dodger to come up with the first anaesthetic that's used in Australia. They do some groundbreaking surgeries, but she's not really able to take any of the credit. And alongside of this, Dodger's being targeted by Gaines, the captain of the guard, who suspects that him and Fagan are trying to steal basically whatever they can get their hands on. And a lot of the time, that, that's a fair point because they are. So he's still got a bit of a shady side to him. He's got a lot of the Dickens themes of, you know, class and love that transgresses these class boundaries and criminality and law and order and the unjust sort of system of the time. But instead of like Victorian England or Victorian London, it's Victorian Australia. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fun. One thing I will say is a caveat, sort of trigger warning. Lots of really graphic scenes of surgery. Um, So I spent that sort of tapers off in this latter half of the series but the first four episodes there's one sort of big set piece surgery each episode where you have broken bones being set and amputations oh, and all that kind of thing um, which is a bit much I sort of watch those through my hands uh, yeah, but it's too. pretty fun it's sort of tongue in cheek comedy drama um, David Thewlis plays Fagin who the first episode I thought who is that guy I know that guy but he inhabits the role so well that I was sort of taken aback when I realised it was David Thewlis who you'll know as um, Lupin from from Harry Potter mm. and Thomas Brody Sangster plays uh, Jack Dawkins slash Artful Dodger so he's from Queen's Gambit I guess recently and of course the young boy in Love Actually which everybody's got to know him as the young guy in Love Actually who looks not much older than he did in Love Actually, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and Mae Mitchell plays Lady Bell. I'm not sure if she's been in anything I've seen before, but I think this will probably be a bit of a springboard for her. Okay. And also Tim Minchin plays oh. um, a sort of secondary character a in it. singing, uh, travelling salesman <laughs> of some sort. No well, he's, he's a more minor villain who tries to cheat at cards and then crops up again throughout. I, I knew I recognised him and it wasn't until the finale that I realised it was Tim Minchin. And okay. yeah, he's he's great, obviously. Sounds a little bit different anyway. So how many how many episodes? Eight episodes, not coming out until the 17th. So you got a little wait as this comes out, six days, I guess. Yeah. Um, but they should all be released in one go. They they all came out in one go in the US in November. So we've had a little little while longer to wait. Um, but yeah, pretty fun. The finale wasn't the best episode of the series. I was hoping for a little more payoff at the end, just a little, little bit, a little more revel- obvious resolution. But um, very good. I think it's if, if a no, series. yeah, that's what I was going to say. If no obvious resolution, then obviously series two will be coming along at some point. Well, it it, t- it ties itself up. Just it's not. It's a bit ambiguous as to as to how everything will fall. But I, I think it has been billed as a limited series. But I suspect it might get a second um, second go around, depending. Okay, do um, Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah, Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus. Fab. Right, Benji. So uh, at this stage, I'm sure people have heard lots about the Golden Globes, but we also couldn't let it go by without actually chatting about it. We were chatting off air before we started recording and um, I was saying... You know, it seems like they're back quite, quite back considering they were cancelled two years ago because of the 
scandal around not having a properly diverse board or yeah, judging panel. Yeah, and the um, uh, allegedly improper activities of some of the Hollywood Press Association as well. Some yeah. of the lawyers have told me allegedly. Okay. Um, yeah, but it, it came back. Um, no real major surprises when it came to the winners, which you would expect from the Golden Globes, given that they break up the dramatic category and the musical and comedy category. So Kellyanne Murphy, of course, picking up yeah. the, uh, the Golden Globe Best Actor for yeah. Oppenheimer in Drama. You've also got Christopher Nolan. I mean, Oppenheimer just came in and swept those kind of dramatic awards. Poor Things, which we've spoken about, uh, which I was excited about, mm -hmm. if you didn't get the gist at the intro, um, that ended up picking up Best Comedy and also Emma Stone winning uh, her Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy. Paul Giamatti, mm -hmm. uh, who I absolutely loved since he appeared in Private Parts, which was that Howard Stern Docu pick from ages ago. He picked yeah. up the best mm -hmm. actor in a comedy for the holdovers, which is opening next week. Uh, Divine Joy Randolph also got her flowers because of that show. But let's move over to television because put your hand up if you thought Succession was going to sweep the Golden Globes in the television categories. Yeah. And it did, of course. Kieran Culkin, who for me has been the MVP in the last season of Succession. He ended up being the actor that ended up picking up the gong. Sarah Snook, who has been incredible throughout, she got her flowers as well. And uh, one of your favourite programmes as mm -hmm. well got their flowers at the Golden Globes, both uh, Jeremy Allen White, uh, the co-star yes, co whose name escapes me, I apologise, and the bear. Well, my only two gripes, I mean, the host. But, you know, there's been a lot of discourse yes, about that online bummed. already. Yeah, yeah. Joe Coy wasn't um, popular, was he, in the end? Well, no, and then he threw his writers under the bus by saying, oh, it was my writers that wrote the jokes. Uh, I only had 10 days to prepare, and which the argument yeah. against that, like I said off air, is but Saturday Night Live has to write for seven days a week. So what what was that excuse? Mm -hmm. My other thing was that the winner of the stand-up award was not Chris Rock for Selective Outrage, which I really enjoyed. Ricky Gervais for Armageddon, which I will give one of these. If it was he, Jesus. It's funny, isn't it? He's very divisive, I think, at the moment, Ricky Gervais, I isn't can't. he? Like He's uh, gone right off the deep end into yeah, just... yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's one of these things as well, isn't it? Like the kind of winners are almost an aside with these events. You know, it's like the fashion, you know, who was there with who? Was there any controversial moments? Everybody's just like absolutely obsessed over Timothy Shalaman and whatever gender oh, he's going yeah. out with. Oh, can um, I have a photo with Selena Gomez? Yeah, Taylor Swift, you know, having a grumpy face about something like... That seems to be all the stuff. And Killian Murphy having lipstick all over his face, getting his award, which I thought was kind of endearing and very cute. Yeah, there's not much talking about the the films and the TV. No, you know what I mean? I think, it's all I about the sort of it, pomp and yeah, I ceremony. Yeah, it was just because, because sometimes the most predictable winners are the right winners. So I think it was more of a case of yes, yeah. there was no kind of outrage who got overlooked for an award. Everybody got the flowers that they deserve for the yeah. last 12 months. And yeah, it now yeah. leads into whether my biggest thing heading into the Oscars in March is, is it going to be Lily Gladstone or Emma Stone that picks up that Best Actress Award? So we've got the Primetime Emmys next week, Critics' Choice. We've got the SAG Award announcements this week that are coming out. So 
that hopefully will inform mm-hmm. us a little bit more what will go on at the Oscars. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it was fun, but it yeah. was kind of milk toast at the same time in terms of an awards ceremony compared to other years. Yeah, one thing worth noting, I think, was Barbie had nine nominations and it only won one. And it's kind Box of like office a, achievement. It, it's almost like a sort of a made. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like a made up sort of, you know, we're going to give this to you because they you're got, doing anything else. You um, know? They got the song, didn't they? Um, oh, did Billie they? Eilish. Sorry. So oh. the two. So they got two then. But yeah, so anyway, no, it very interesting and a good start to award season, as we say, and we'll be touching on a lot more of that in the coming weeks. The actress from The Bear is Ayo Edibiri. So there you there go, you go. don't have to send hate mail now, cool. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. Do look out for Friday morning's Screen Babble Weekend Watch, which will preview what to watch this weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for our TV, we need to get into our lives. Drop us a line via our social media. You'll find us on Twitter at National World TV and on all other platforms as National World. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back next week with more Screen Babble. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye.